Hey, and welcome to the Rugby Report Card for another week. Um, a, fa- a, a massive week in rugby. Um, lots of interesting things happening. The New Zealand Super Rugby starting, the Brumbies destroying the Tars, the Reds clinging on against the Rebels, and the Six Nations going deeper into the competition. Today, I'm joined by Jimbo Jones. Jim? Hey, g'day, Jimbo Jones. How are you? I'm good, mate. Well, you're Jimbo Jones, but nice to, nice to hear from you. And Richard, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Good, good. Um, where should we jump in? Look, from the top, I believe. Yeah, chronologically. The traditionally where we've jumped in. All right. From the top. So that was the first game. Are we starting with the Super Rugby? I assume that's what you mean by from the top? No, we start with the uh, the 5.30, the 7.30. I know they're two comps, but we should fucking do them as if they're in order. Treat it like it's the good old days. So game one was Highlanders v Crusaders. Thoughts? Just to continue to show Crusaders the, the clinical side that they are. You know, I had less possession in both halves, less territory, but continued to show their moments of class. That great finish by uh, Severis in the corner continues to uh, highlight what class they do have and it can finish off even the smallest chance. So uh, Cody Taylor thought was outstanding as well. So... Um, yeah, just a, just a clinical performance from the, from the Crusaders, really. Uh, I thought their discipline was absolutely fucking atrocious. And Highlanders had many, many opportunities to win this game and probably should have. Mm. You are dealing with a Crusaders defence that has gelled very, very well. And their rush defence posed many a problems. And, and they give away penalties because they know that the Highlanders are chasing it. So yeah. they're happy to give it away because they know the yellow card's not going to come. I know they did give away a yellow card in the end, but yeah, it's it's standard Crusaders practice, isn't it? On New Zealand rugby practice. Yeah, well, yeah. It's Tony Brown. They couldn't convert the old Highlanders. Mm, Tony yeah, Brown definitely. came out and said that, didn't he? Which was nice. I actually hear a Kiwi say it for once. Which is, um, he basically well, said they're cynical killing... play by them. Yeah. Hang on. Hot calling the kettle black or. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's great that someone finally called it out. Look, I've said it a million times, and, and I'll say it again for any new listeners. Rugby union should have a system like basketball. There should be a number of penalties, team total, personal player total, and in the 22, call that the red zone, if you will, um, and actually have a tally of penalties that equal a card. If yeah, you had that... Would you, would you still want the entire system with the flagrant system as well, though? Because then if you have two flagrant fouls, then you're done. Would you want that as well? Would you want the... Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean, you'd have to look into that. In, in my mind, I'm separating professional foul from technical foul. So professional are... fouls, anything yellow or red card worthy under the current matrix of high. Um, I'm ignoring that, and I'm saying these are all technical fouls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no. throw it in there too. No, no, no. There's, in basketball, there's personal fouls, flagrant fouls, and then technical fouls. There's three different fouls. Team fouls too. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm saying we just need a system. The the fact that it's up to ambiguity of different refs and then the weird coded ways, team warnings, this is the second warning. But then if they score, that erases back to zero, that warning count. But then it comes back some games. At the moment, the fact that it's just random and it seems to be the whim of the referee. And sometimes they get it right by going hard early and sending someone off early. They clean the game up. Other times they get it wrong and they just throw people off way too soon. Um, I, I just think there needs to be consistency. The, jo- the ref's job is already impossible. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a little count in the corner? And I don't bring this to amateur rugby, um, but I think at the professional level, um, it, it, would, it would simply resolve this issue. Do you remember when back in the days of Rugby 08 or whatever the game was where there was an actual button to just put your hands in the rock and stuff? Yeah, I like that because, <laughs> because that's, how, that's how you used to you just press R3, mate. Just hit down on that twiddly stick and that's what the All Blacks and the Crusaders do. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's infuriating. And you know what? It had become a tactic. If there was an amount, you could do that shit in the first half, but you're not going to get away with it in the second half. There is. They don't even try and put put face on anymore they just lie there because they know they've got to give away a penalty and the ref speaks to them they're just like yeah, no, i can't blame the players there's a loophole in the in the game and if you can get on the uh, ref's good side why not it's almost worth 10 like it's easy to waste 10 minutes isn't it yeah like that red card that it was in the hurricanes game that 20 minutes flew by flew mm, i'd like i don't know that's an overhaul i'd like to see i think it fixes this problem because it 
rears its ugly head five, six times a season easily. Um, it's nice to see we're Kiwi side on the the um, receiving end of it, though, for a change. Yeah. But, I, I mean, sure. at the end of the day, what you saw was minutes, tens of minutes, one after the other, of the Highlanders just in excellent field position and not being able to convert. And then Crusaders just get two oppos at the end of the game and score both times as a result. What um, value do you place in the fact that uh, Mitch Hunt missed those those kicks earlier on, and that would have would have put him in the lead? Do you think that would have changed the game at all? Yeah, I mean it's hard to say, isn't it? In the end, it's a thirteen point difference, so it, it's hard to say. But yeah, scoreboard pressure would have changed this thing. Crusaders may have had to play a little bit differently. The thing I thought. Thought most interesting was just Garden Bashett was on the sting, and I didn't realize it was his brother at first. That just that just blew my mind. I Watch thought him. he had a bit about him. I thought he had a bit about him. Oh yeah, I didn't mind him. I thought he was energetic. I know it was his debut, wasn't it, or first couple up? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was very energetic. Nothing like his his brother or uncle or dad, who knows, or granddad. No, he made two. He made two. Uh, like with. He made two cooling breaks. He beat a couple of defenders. Like, he looked much better than his brother. Yeah. Um, but basically, this game went to script, didn't it? Hmm. I don't know. I reckon the Highlanders were much better than I was anticipating. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you look at the team on paper, it's not bad. Yeah, a couple of people I don't know. Like, they're 11 for him, who was the left foot boot. He, he He's going to announce himself. I love the start of the Kiwi comp because you just never fucking know who they're pulling out of the mountains. And we've said this before, and then just the freaks. Like, there's a few across the two games that just I've never seen this dude. The two for the Hurricanes, the 11 for the Highlanders. Just out he, he was a monster, that two for the Canes, wasn't he? He was. It's, you just never know. Yeah. Um, it's also, there's also the other players that stood out. You know, uh, Nareki. Like, I, I didn't watch much of the, the Super Rugby last year, the, the Kiwi Conference, but Nareki stood up for me, like... Beat quite a few defenders. Yeah, okay, gave away a penalty and stuff, but I thought he, he stepped up as well. You're going to have to throw a number at me, Richard. 11. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's who we're talking about. Yeah, he was very good. Hmm. Um, hey, but, but I, also I, I was going to say the absence of the Crusaders' centers. Every line break and the forwards just dominated, but it was Whitelock. It was Whitelock giving off to fucking... Moody was in there having a go, but it was it was an absence of the Crusaders forwards. And mm. all the opportunities, the scrums, the lineups, they're all based around the forwards. Now they're a very strong pack, but if you can match them or sort of dishevel them a bit, I'm not sure if the Crusaders have the backs to sort of uh, up. Sabu Reese had a fantastic game, but Richard Moanga, I don't know. Moanga's a gun, mate. Will Jordan's still out, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they make good hue, they'll be right. Mm. Is did uh, is, is Shannon Frizzell the, the, the six now for is he the locked in six for New Zealand moving forward? I don't know. Akira Iwaki had a great game. If you're not going to play him at eight, six is a great substitute. Yeah, no, absolutely. six on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, you can't not pick Artie Savia. It's just it comes down to a question who's your eight for me? Mm. Um. Do you, want to, do you want to push on to the next game, uh, boys? Or yeah. Do you want to stand? Yeah. So what did, what did you think of the Reds game? We're like, what, what, what was your number one takeaway? Was it the despair of, of, for the Rebels saying that, yeah, they actually played better than they think? They may not have played rugby per se, but they played that traditional defensive, fast approach, you know, kick your goals, et cetera, and they could have won it. Uh, do we say, yes, the Reds got over the line because, do you know what, they're showing championship metal? What is your, your biggest takeaway from the game? Um, I'll jump in, I guess. I think um, I, I, I had a multi on, so I had money on the Reds. So I was going for the Reds. And God, I find supporting the Reds is so similar to supporting the Wallabies, which is they play way too much football. Um, and you feel like they should be carving, but for some reason they just aren't. Um, and then they score some bullshit cool try and then they just concede six points out of nowhere like it's not a thing. Um, but they remind me of a similar sort of recipe. Look, I think Reds played all the football in this game, um, but you've got to give it to the Rebels. They have had a really tough lead up to this one, and Matty Tamua can control a game of rugby. Um, and I think what impressed me most 
is the Rebels' front row. Um, I thought that's where they would get dished up and then that plus not being able to match the speed and skill of the Reds would kill them, but they, they more than held their own up front. Um, Pony and Elof, the props, I thought are legitimately comic book characters. Um, and I thought that'd be fun to watch around the park hitting blokes. I had no idea how good they could scrummage. Um, and Ulysses, I thought, was good while he was on. And then I really liked the second row of Hosea and Cummins. And Hardwick, I haven't seen him play that well in two, three years. So I think uh, the pack for the Rebels stood up and it allowed Tamua to slow control the game and kick the ball well, which played into the Rebels' hands. And I think it frustrated the Reds, the shit out of the Reds. And, and I'll give it to Morgan Turanui. I think the Reds won in spite of their tactics. Had the Reds played smarter rugby, kick some early shots at goal, um, slow it down, not try and rush everything, they, they would have won comfortably. Um, but they tried to run the Rebels off their feet. It didn't work. It was clearly Dewey up there in Queensland. Um, and it almost backfired. Um, in the end, though, I, I, I agree with your point. This, you want teams to win ugly when they, if they're going to win the comp, and that's what the Reds did. Um, so that showed a lot of skill about them. I guess that's without getting too into individual players. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought the Reds maybe aren't as good as we think in terms of structures, um, and the Rebels may be a little bit better than we thought they might have been. Thoughts? Yeah, I'll jump in. I, I... I thought the takeaway for me, the number one tip takeaway was probably just the coaching decisions by the Rebels and how good. I just was really impressed with Wessel's game plan and just honesty about what he actually has on his team because you've got the week, the first week off, so you can analyse what everyone's doing and what they're about and the Reds sort of running the Tars off their feet. You know they'd be coming in this game with a little bit of confidence with their attack. Wessels was quite honest. We don't have... A great attack. We know we've got new combinations. Reese Hodges in your centres. Um, and they just probably didn't have the confidence in their back lines to sort of score the points they needed to. So straight away from the get-go, it was just going to be threes or our tactics. And I think, can I jump in? I think you spot on, but that's why they pissed me off so much. Because um, it felt like that's what teams do against Australia. And as, as the it was genius. He strangled them. Um, I think you're right. I think Vessels had a good game plan. And Tamua is probably the only inside back in Australia who can pull that game off. Um, I think you hit an nail on the head there, but I found it frustrating to watch. And I was annoyed at the Rebels for almost refusing to play football and constantly being down injured and whatnot. Um, it was frustrating me, but you're right, it worked. I don't know. I, I'm a bit exhausted with the kick for the corners and then come away with nothing. I was sort of happy to see them take the three, especially to start the season. We've had a few disappointing Rebel seasons in a row and games in which they've lost just by a nail that if they had their time again, might have taken a few kicks they didn't take. I thought it was a good way to start the season on the road. Not sure about what you got. Clearly had a good defensive structure and backed it a little bit. And, man, they should have won. Just as the game went on, we saw the Reds open up their playbook a little bit, which was more exciting than what they threw in the first 70 minutes. And then they just have the name, the swag, the stars, the sort of cross. Richard, thoughts? Yeah, no, I would agree. I, I like the, the idea. And, and I know what you're saying about not playing rugby, but there's, there's many different ways to skin a cat. And I, I totally agree. It's for the opening game of the season. Um, I thought it was a sensible way. And definitely, um, obviously, the Rebels missing a few players as well and having that combination of power to Mua Hodge, missing Philip, missing a few players. I thought it was a good, good tactic. But... Um, yeah, the, the Reds hopefully will learn from it in the way that they can't do this. They got away with one. Yes, they won one, you know, great. But um, I think they need to, you know, be, more, be a bit more respectful. Yeah, kick those goals and then go into a bit of a flashy style afterwards. And it was interesting that they actually scored a try when they were down to 14 men doing the simple things of kicking for the corner and, you know, the mafia rolling. But yeah, no, it was a good game. It was it was a good watch. Yeah, they did they did well with fourteen, didn't they? But yeah. I, I saw a tweet. Someone I don't think un, unrelated to our Twitter account, but someone's going like, "Just the Kiwi game." When you switch over to an Aussie game, I sort of disagreed with that. There were a few handling errors, and it was Dewey, but the defense was fucking way too big. The defense was really strong. That pressure and fear, like they caught the great defense, caused the lack of skills. There was. Yeah, I think the standard of footy was great. I think the defense was excellent. But I hang think on, hang on, hang on. I'd like to just add in there: the Waratahs' defense wasn't great. I just want to put that right now. No, no, I'm talking about this game. We'll get, we'll okay, get to sorry. that one. Um, but I think we've got to call a spade a spade. The refereeing was fucking dog shit. I, I, I think 
you know, what, what would be the standard? Eight, eight penalties a half is probably the standard in rugby union. Um, and then you get a fair bit of football. Then you're talking about a penalty every five minutes. This had 18 in the first half. Um, and some of them were obnoxiously technical. Um, others were just probably wrong. Uh, I just found um, the ref was doing everything he can to, to not let the play get going. And I think when it got going, it was great. And I really did enjoy the game. But I think um, we've got to call them out when, when they have an average game. And they put a, a new ref on this one and, and he just blew the pee off the whistle um, and it's just, I found it very frustrating to watch. And I think it, that was frustrating the Reds too. And they, they didn't help themselves. The discipline was poor. It's been poor for a few seasons. They need to clean that up. Um, but we can't excuse the ref's hand in that. I, I thought, stop blowing the fucking whistle, man. It was doing Yeah, but they thing. always do this at the start, man. First few, round, few rounds, get real he- whistle heavy and set a good culture for the rest of the competition. That's what it feels like they're doing because the, the mm. pee was blown quite a bit across all four games. Yeah, I just thought that's inconsistent from last week. Last week, it sounded like the mail from Stan was, can we just watch some footy? And they put the whistle away and we watched coast-to-coast running rugby. And then this week, it was like the rhetoric changed and it was, no, the Blazers are going to learn the discipline, the new standard for the new season. Um, And I just found it frustrating and confusing for the players. Yeah, but you Um, know what it's like, that Monday morning Zoom, man, they're just trying to fill in time. Yeah, Merton's wrote a good article today, which is... um, the refs are leading the refs and it's their own little echo chamber and they're just getting off on technicalities and, and being condescending to the players. Um, and they've just got a little bit power mad. I thought it was a good read. Um, and I just thought the whistle was blown too much. I just really like running rugby. Do you want to move on to the next, uh, next Kiwi <laughs> game? Well, I, I, no, I'm not done with the ref. I want to talk uh, about the red card. Yeah, I hear that. Um, absolute red card I, I don't think you can deny it it was contact at the head, the rules are clean and simple it was his fault, you need to be better as a player, I don't think anyone um, in their right mind is denying that but I think those types, and we've seen them in the Six Nations you saw it happen to Scotland I think was it the week before, um, or two weeks ago in the Six Nations there when it is I think the ref's fault, if Hardwick has got himself in that position he has either won the ball because he's no longer supporting his own body weight. So he deserves a penalty because he's already won the ball. Or he's not supporting his body weight and he's got hands in the ruck. If you don't blow the whistle, you are endangering him. Uh, and you used to see it happen to David Pocock all the time because largely he was in a dodgy position. Um, but if they didn't blow the whistle quick enough, you, you're in a compromised spot there. The spot Hardwick was in... The margin for error to clean him off the ball without hitting his head is minuscule. Now, yes, the player should be disciplined enough to hit that margin or let him win the ball, but I don't think we can ask that of the players. I think the refs have got to do better at the breakdown. Um, and when that is a red card, in this game, not the end of the world, but, man, in a big game, big international, that really worries me that. We've seen it a couple of times recently. I think it's a, I think it's a problem. Uh, it seems like it was, I feel like Hardwick was there for a long time before anything, or the ruck was set up for a long time before anyone chimed in with a high shot or a whistle was blown. But if And, the, and that's where the safety was And goes. he's over the top, then they must be sealing. Like there's too many other things that could be going on to allow it to get to that point. It's yeah, and that's where the safety He's holding on, he's not coming through the channel. That's the point I'm trying to make. If it gets that long, um, that something should have, a decision needed to have been made. And that's where the safety brigade will say, well, why is the Queensland like charging in if Hardwick's been there in his set? Well, it's pretty hard, man. You've been training your whole life to clean the bloke off the ball. You've just come off the bench, first game of the season. You're chomping at the bit. You want to clean the ball. It's a mistake. Um, yes, he was reckless and stupid and he deserved the red card, but I, I think it's the lead up to that. And it's, They've got a tough gig, the refs. No one's denying it's not a hard job, but I think... It's very hard to not hit the head in that situation. It's such a small margin to clean out there. You're not allowed to clean out from the side. You've got to clean out from the front. How much of Hardwick was available other than his head? You can chop his elbows. Um, yeah, and, and then it, it, I just think the refs got to get that right. They've got a hard, they've got a bloody hard job. I'm not denying it, but I just think we're going to see more red cards in that area of the game where I don't think there's malice 
from the blokes hitting the other blokes in the head. I don't think they mean to. I think they mean to clean the guy out. And then you, know, you look at the Kiwi game and there's seven slaps to the head. And that the commentators, that's just handbags. No one mentions it. Yeah. You're technically wrong at the breakdown. Get him off. Yeah, that Irish minutes. dude's just going, what's going on here, man? <laughs> Anything just, goes. Um, and uh, look, it's 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 a tough gig refereeing in rugby. There's a lot of rules. It's a strange sport, but things to check for all the fucking time. Yeah, they got they got to get that right. That one shot me. Um, should we talk about a few? Any thoughts on that, Richard? Yeah, just well, I think I think it comes back to technique, though. I think te- the technique of actually clearing out has evolved over the last. I would even say the last five years. We've gone from roles to move away because you used to be able to roll the guy but then obviously players are now scared to do that because of neck rolls etc then you used to get up underneath the guy and lift him up whereas now the technique of players is to be more careless so they're, they're flying in and trying to hit the guy out of the way so yeah there is a lower there is a smaller margin for error i absolutely agree with that but i think player technique needs to needs to change as well as well as i agree with you the guy needs to be moved quicker by the referee in that case hardwick was um, should have been pinged for a penalty. His hands were on the floor. But um, I think it's both parties need to be better at that because, yeah, yeah, we don't want injuries at the end of the day. So I think player technique and um, the referee moving the guy quicker needs to be better. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And Hardwick's a guy, too, who has had a career filled with injuries. And I know he went down for a knee thing or something in the back end of the second, too. So hopefully yeah. he's... You don't want to see that happen, but that's where I agree with Richard. I don't think old mate who got red carded, no one could say his technique was any good. It was atrocious and it was dangerous. It was old school. Um, but you're right. They've removed the role, rightfully so. When you look at someone like Pocock's neck injuries, they've removed the lift. It's just way too risky. Um, so you're right. The technique now is to really physically move the guy with force. Um, hard to do if, if someone's over the ball. Um, 100%. I agree with that. And that's why I also, that's why I said, I think it's also important that the guy there, the referee does have a hard job, but he does. This is the one time I, well, many times I agree with you. He needs to be moved quicker. There's uh, a lot of pilferers now putting their hands on the floor and then scraping in. As oh, soon as yeah. That, that so many hands good. on penalties or hands on the ball penalties, they're just in the right position. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if they got the release, the tackler more correct, mm-hmm. it would alleviate yeah. some of this. Um, but mate, I just said he blew the whistle too much in the first half, so no one's denying how hard their job is. But oh, yeah, no, it's incredibly hard. You just don't want to see ga- games of rugby ruined by red cards, but more importantly, you don't want to see blokes get yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of individuals in that game, I, I, I thought, um, Hamish Stewart, um. And I saw someone tweeted, it was actually his Buckland Jim, um, tweeted at the end of this one. I tweeted underrated. Is Hamish Stewart the only bloke in the Queensland backline who's underrated? Everyone else is, you know, had Wallaby honours or is tipped to get Wallaby honours. Hamish Stewart seems to go undetected. No, I'm on here calling. It should be Posami and Patea in the centres. Everything that guy does is class. Um, I don't know. What do we think of Hamish Stewart? Does he deserve more props? I suppose it goes back to my question, the question about what do you want from your centre partnership, though, doesn't it? Um, mm. Do you want uh, Hamish Stewart as your second receiver, your kicking option, as well as your uh, as someone who has football about him? And Paisami showed that in the last Wallaby series that he did have that. But um, Paisami and Patea hold you something different. They're strong defensively, runners predominantly first. So it depends what you want. But to go back to your question, I think probably Hamish Stewart is probably underrated, actually. Um, and the only the only reason why he is underrated is because he's playing outside James O'Connor and inside Paisami at the moment, who are playing at a higher level than him. So because he's slightly not at that level, we, we as a community probably think he's not as good as what he actually is. If you put him in, in one of the other teams, then potentially he he would have much bigger raps because of it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. I could be wrong here, but for a dude, and I've got his stats up too, he's made three tackles ran five times for seven metres and passed three times. I'm not seeing an explosive game there. Dropped the ball once. I don't really know where you're drawing that from. I think. Well, I guess what I'm drawing that from is the two line breaks came off Hamish Stewart passes. He seems to just have that um, genuine fly half first receiver touch to put someone in a hole. 
Um, and there was that one flick pass to Paisami, which was just filth. It was just filth. It was outstanding. I thought um, it was, wasn't it, was it not to Patea? It was a Patea, like sorry, it was to Patea, you're right. Yeah. right. yeah, that was really nice. That was outrageous. All right, maybe I'm too on him. The next thing is, how do you fit Vinavalu into that side? Because Dude, another dude I'm not on who you speak is Jock. He did one great kick a game outside of that. I'm reading his stats again. Nine runs for 20 metres. Two tackles, six passes. You're hard on this kid. I'm on the job. I'm hard on him. I don't see it. I don't think Vunavalu plays full, mate. Richard, how do you get Vunavalu into that team? You get rid of Hamish Stewart. After what we've just said, I know it's a contradiction. I totally get that. But you get rid of Hamish Stewart, you push Paisami and Pataya in, and you put Vunavalu on the wing. I think you're right. Oh, it feels crazy with the combinations that they have going in the centres. But I think Vinovalo needs to be on the field. And I love that chase, mate. That that That's rugby from the, the 1970s. The winger, it's just his job is to chase every kickoff, no matter where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love that. Like, that's your first involvement in the game. Um, I just think it showed a lot of heart, a lot of passion. I would have won a lot of cash if you got that down, man. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and he didn't. Right, please. Uh, while we're still on the Reds, I think Tupu and Wilson are not, maybe just didn't have quite the preseason as the domestic boys. Do you know, do you have any notes on why Tupu's only playing a half? I know the dude plays a lot of rugby and when he's on, he's prone to penalties. COVID, international season went very, very long. So I'm assuming the international, the Wallabies have joined their super rugby teams quite late. Yeah, okay. So I imagine they're fit. That's why. And that's why Phillips didn't play for the Rebels, isn't it? Isn't, isn't he gone? I think he's gone overseas. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think he's left for Australian yeah. Rugby. Just another second rower gone. Don't okay. don't quote me. No, no, no. You know your stuff. But I think you're you might knowledgeable be. man. Um, but yeah, I, I think Wilson and Tupu, the Thor, just don't look quite fit enough yet. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, Rebels. Standouts for the Rebels. Is that what you're asking? What have any anything else other than Tamua and Hardwick? Outside of those two, no one really announcing themselves. I mean, there was definitely a team ethos in defence. I was really impressed with the defence. I didn't think they'd be able to hold them out for as long as they did. Yeah, Powell did it. Powell did it right at, at scrum half too. Yeah, yeah. I thought Hodge didn't have a horrible game too. I thought Hodge did all right. I know kicked that that big kick, but he missed another. But in terms of opening up opportunities and setting up people outside of him. I thought he played that center role better than I remember him doing last year. But I just uh-huh. think it's hard. To, I think it's hard to talk about the Rebels, you know, just individually. There, uh, sorry. I, th- I think it's hard to talk about the Indi- um, Rebels individually when they had such little possession and they defended so well and so manfully and so, you know, negated the Reds. But I think it's hard to break the Rebels down individually for me. Mm. Front row, type five impressed me more than I thought they would. Um, which are, or maybe the Reds aren't as good as I think, and that's where they'll come undone against the Brumbies. Be interesting to see. Should we jump back over to New Zealand? Canes v Blues. Um, thoughts? Okay, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch this one. So no, I, did, I, have... I know you did, Jim. You yeah, I watched this one. I watched this one. Um, I watched the, the first half, obviously, the Canes for some variation. But look... It was, a, it was a bit of a game of two halves. It was a close game. I didn't think the Blues were going to come away with it in the end based off their first try was against the run of play. Hurricane sustained a lot of pressure in the first half. But the Blues came out in the second half with just a, a level that the Canes could not match. And they do. They are firing on a lot of cylinders there. They, they looked a bit composed when they were back in the second half as opposed to the first. Atia Black. I'm going to say some names wrong here, but I thought he controlled the game really well. Caleb Clark, I even forgot that guy was alive. Can I ask you, what was the, um, because um, they obviously have a tier of black at 10 and they had Perifetta at 15. Did Perifetta stand at first receiver a lot as a second option to split the field or was it, did he play as a, more as a traditional fullback? Look, he, he did take some at 10, um, but look, I wasn't really watching that dude. At the, at the end of the day, I can't really offer some insight. Throw me under the bus there, Richard. Appreciate that. Someone here and watch the game. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess my concern for the Canes is I look at their team. Tight five looks. I don't know who they are. That that hooker really impressed the pants off me, though. Um, 
surely they, they can't go deep into this season with that half combination. TJ's in Japan. TJ not coming back? Bowden's gone to the Blues. No, TJ's in Japan for the Super Rugby season, misses the whole thing. And that's uh, Harold Bishop at 10. I just think, I don't think Ramsey Street's going to get it done for them. Um, I just can't see, honestly, say what you like, the halves are your most important ingredient in a rugby team. I don't say they, they make or break, but I think they're the most important ingredient for directing what a team does. I don't know this. But, but without, a, without a tight five, the nine and ten are going backwards, though, yeah? Mm. Yeah, yeah, all of that, all of that. But I do think no one's – I can't think of a good rugby side that didn't have a really strong nine and ten. And if Harold Bishop's your ten and lose your nine um, – Do you know what, though? Harold Bishop played well for Wellington, I read somewhere, last year or the year before. That's I what I always hear, too, in the minor ten, has an absolute full line. I just remember he sucked at the Rebels. Well, but is that partly the Rebels' fault for not setting a platform for him? I don't know, but we'll wait and see. Well, I'm yet to see him play good, well for the Canes either. Okay. Um, I can't see them when you look at the squad of the Crusaders, Blues. I don't know. I haven't followed the Chiefs that closely. They had a buy, I guess. Um, yeah, they, they got the they got the outside backs to beat Highlanders. They got the outside backs to beat Chiefs, maybe. But I just don't think with that nine and ten. There's enough doing. I really don't. Um, the Blues, they look, they look a much stronger side. Whether they have enough up front against the Crusaders will be very interesting. Um, I don't know. Am I being too harsh? I just think that bloke's a bum at 10, and I don't know who the nine is. Well, for the Blues? Yeah, No, the Canes. Oh, the Canes. No, I don't know who the nine is either. It's a tough, tough shoes to fill there. Yeah, if you're a Kiwi listener, let us know. Is that what's the mail on that nine? Does he check out? Because the ten doesn't. Yeah, I guess I was a bit disappointed with the Keens too. Like a couple of their options, like they had a scrum on the twenty-two far left side of the field with a little bit of a blind side, and they they threw it to Sarvea to go one-on-one with the winger when the halfback coming across was just an easy tackle. Here they have great field position. Here's a dude just running straight at the winger in hope for something to happen. I thought it was just a waste of an opportunity. And then they were very similar themselves, had their chances, and then the Blues sort of just wanted it more. I don't think there's any other better way to say it. I reckon you're spot on, but I reckon Julian Savia backs himself one-on-one against most people. And if Savia's on my left and Harold Bishop's on my right... But it's just not a one-on-one, though, is it? Like, when the scrum is set, yeah, it lines up one-on-one. But Unless you've the got line a side comes across, the halfback comes across, and the fullback comes across, it's one on four. It's not yeah, going to happen. He just got tackled out. It was a bit embarrassing. Unless your scrum's just outrageous and you can turn that. Um, Which you basically give him no shot. But uh, Akira Iwani, like, he, he's a player, man. Like, I know we speak about him a lot. I don't know when he came through. But he's a big unit who can move. Yeah, I, the thought of him and Adi Savia, the back of a Kiwi type five, is absolutely terrifying. That's my six and eight, by the way. Sorry, Frizzell. Um, how was the bus, Jim? He looks fit on Instagram. Yeah, I like the shaved hair. There were some average chops out there, but the shaved head is good. But like I said, like just nine, ten, if they're not really spitting it out, like Lamapi was went begging. There were some passes that went behind him. They were, they were fine with their opportunities, and Geordie Barrett's just a natural talent too, but just not really converting that last pass to let the space open up. It took Artie Savia with a line break and a killer ball to the hooker to score. Twice that occurred. You moved to similar, to the, similar to how I felt about the, um, the Crusaders. It was their forwards creating all the opportunities. Do you move Geordie to 10? I was just going to ask that question. Like if Geordie wants to. I reckon Geordie could do it. I don't reckon he wants to. I reckon it harms his all-black prospects. But I, I don't reckon him. he wants to either, and it's just Bowden 2.0. Yeah, but I'll pick him there whether he wants to or not. Yeah. Do you get a choice in New Zealand rugby? I don't know. I genuinely, because they've got that centralised business, don't they? Mm. Seems a bit outrageous in the New Zealand conference that you can't play players where you like. Mm. Sure. Mm. Can. Um, all right, well, should we jump over to the slaughter in Canberra? The murder. Uh. The murder. Outstanding. How good. Just gorgeous, wasn't it? I know most people listening to this are probably task fans. So Rattle off a few observations as they occurred. I mean, 
it's an outstanding win. 51 points sucked in Battle of the Hume, Remembrance Highway. But the Lonigans, I, I left this game thinking the Lonigans, the hooker and the 10, just how good. But will they ever get an the opportunity? Nine. The nine, will they ever get an opportunity in Canberra? No. Um, no, I don't think so. I, you know what? We'll, we'll get to the Brumbies, but I think they put 61 on and they defended well. Good on them. But this Tars team is 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 awful. It's truly awful. Um, and we've said it both weeks on this podcast. So we I think we would all be in consensus that we agree that they need patience not to fire everyone. Mm-hmm. They need patience. I think we all agree with that. No one to replace them, man. They've recruited atrociously. They haven't recruited. What are you talking about? Exactly. But with that said, that the caveat that they need patience, I think we can still hold them to account. They are bums. And I tweeted this during the game, and I genuinely meant it. How many Tars would make either the Brumbies or the Reds? Um, Three. Two. Two? I was saying two, and then I actually thought about it, and I meant none. You reckon? Who do you got for me? I mean, Swinton is 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 very good. I'll give you that. I'm still picking Simon Valentini over him. I'm putting Maddox on the wing for Mew ahead. Yeah, I might give you that one. Yeah, I'd go yeah, Maddox. He's the whole team, man. He's the only one. But when, when Wright's back and then that other wing is that, that chunky unit winger at the Brumbies is back, does Maddox make it then? Probably not. No. Remember, the Brumbies have got those injuries. Yeah, yeah. I'm only going week to week, man. Yeah. Maddox doesn't make Maddox doesn't make the Reds. Question. Maddox doesn't make the Reds. No, he doesn't make You don't it. think Maddox is better than Jock Campbell? I don't. I really don't at the moment. If you're on that, that could, bloke, man. That could be a count of um Jock Campbell being on the back of a good team. Mm. Well, Maddox think, on the back of a good team, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. I reckon Maddox is would, would get in ahead of uh, Jock Campbell. Oh, I might give you that one. I might give you that one. You're probably right. I'm just trying to make a point here. Um, <laughs> anyone else you got? Dempsey doesn't make any of those sides for me. Just so you know. Swinton cops it a bit. Swinton cops it a bit, but he, he's he got a spot on the 23 in the other two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes 23. I'm talking about 15, Jeff. Oh, okay. Who are you oh. dropping for him? I'm on him. He doesn't go in the row at all, does he? Yeah, no. I'm on him, but... He doesn't. Their second row is terrible. Their front row is atrocious. Angus Bell's clearly going to be a star one day, but right now he doesn't make the Reds or Brumbies. No, he doesn't. No. Like this I think, is. Uh, I think we're missing. I think we're missing one. I think Alex Newsom gets in every team at that thirteen position. I just think he's you know just been outstanding for the last few years. Don't you think? I'm not taking the piss. I genuinely didn't know what he looked like, and he's the captain. I've never seen him on the field. I've never ever noticed him on the field. That's harsh, man. I couldn't tell you how many years he's been playing because I wouldn't know. I think this is his third. Is we it? Went to, didn't we go? Oh, I saw Jim at an SEG game, game and he, he played then. Sure he did. did and that was a few years ago. That? I don't know. But, fuck, it doesn't, doesn't weigh up for much, does it? If... And he's the captain. And I, I, I picture him with the ball in hand. I actually can't do it. Hmm. It's in shambles, but the question is: Is he on the strong on the right foot, the left foot? Does he kick? Is he long passing? And what's his strength, guys? He's a I very nice guy. He's very articulate, I'm sure, and he'll probably get on the right side of the referee. He's He's education. Hmm. Um, I suppose just just before you you rip into any more individual players, can I just oh, say no, collective? collectively I was really disappointed at times because some of it comes down to effort and some of the tries that the Brumbies scored were excellent obviously but just it seemed that the Tars seemed to struggle to defend off set piece which surprised me even when the set piece was even or you know quite um, the six seven eight didn't break off of the scrum properly uh, line outs they didn't actually the the rush up to um, and read the, the play that was going on was poor. So I can understand poor defence in open play at times, but the, the defence off set piece, they defended really narrow as well. It's just really poor from the task. So whether that comes from effort or coaching, um, it's just really disappointing. I agree entirely, but I think it's scrum time. They were getting so towed up that the back row felt like they needed to yeah, stay that, that one. Yeah, um, but it was just like even... Blew my mind. They didn't even contest. So why can't you defend? Um, if you're not even throwing a jumper up, 
It was like they had no tactical now there. So I agree with your point entirely. And then in the back line, I'm going to be honest, the only bloke who likes tackling in that back line is the 12, Mawera, whatever his name is, and he moves mm-hmm. laterally like a semi-trailer. So if you run at him, he'll put a shot on you, but you can run around him quite comfortably. And, and the, the rest of the backs, they don't look like they love tackling. No, and they get sucked in, as I just said. It's a couple of tries where uh, rushed up as well. The, you know what? We praised Maddox, but whether he's being told to come up into the line all the time, so like that chip through was, was lovely little uh, little chip through, but is he being told to, to be up in that line? And I don't know. Yeah, and, and to your point about structures, um, I think it was Jack and Drew Mitchell did a bit of analysis on just the second man play um, or the shield, as they called it, that the Brumbies run almost every single ruck. There's mm. two or three runners in the front line and then the backs are in the back line and they just alternate between who they feed, either the tip on ball or you go out the back to the backs. Everyone knows their job. Mm. Everyone knows their job. When the Tars finally got some pill, it looked like they just met. Mm. Dude, everyone plays those structures though. Yeah, but the, the Brumbies look like they've got that continuity where everyone knows where they're supposed to be. The Tars look like they're just winging it. And the only tactic they had was Tom Carter crash ball at 12. Which wasn't going to work. Um, well, I'm glad they've resurrected the Tom Carter game plan. Um, and it did work a little bit in the first 10 minutes, but that was all they had the entire game. Mm. Um, Tizano did all right with ball in hand. He did. I thought he played okay. Um, mm. But the, the point I guess I was starting this rant with was then they're not going to win because then they don't have the talent. No, but you see, there's ways, again, you can go back to it. The Rebels maybe didn't have the, they, they do have the talent. I want to preface that first, but they chose a style at the weekend to try and nullify and to kill, kill a team up. Surely the Waratahs should be enlisting some of that game plan into their, into their surely, because Absolutely. they could still keep a kick keep a game close absolutely and i think you you know there's many ways to skin a cat rugby is one of those sports where if you are the um perceived weaker team i guess when the ball's in play well you can prevent how often that happens um and you can play a different like the game allows you to do that um which is why it can be frustrating at times it can be beautiful at times um and the fact that the tars still play as if they're the crusaders um, when they're the Summers is baffling. Um, they need to be going down injured. And that, that comes back to that the point of, of the, um, the Rebels and why Wessels, well, I thought he had a great game, is just being honest with what you actually have. If you've got who, if you've got a team of bums, man, you need to play like you have a team of bums. You can't shine a turd and then try and get them to play this razzle-dazzle rugby because... That's a brand that you used to have. So it, it, it takes a lot of honesty here. Yeah, and if you look at the Brumby's success, I think it was based on that, that philosophy. It was all their superstars left. So they were like, right, we don't have a lot of Wallabies here. Let's play Jake Ball. And then in a couple of years, they developed an identity, a continuity, and then players came through that setup. And, and now they have flourished to, to be superstars. Um, because they built the foundations. I wonder whether uh, there's a, a consistent culture through, because I'm assuming there is a, at the Brumbies all the way through, whether it's seniors, under 20s, you know, cots, all the way through that development, whether you play the same style, whether that's mirrored in the Tars or whether everyone does what their own thing to just win at that moment in time. And there's a fine line with something like that too, because sometimes you see that, and I think Eddie would be someone who was guilty of this back in the day, um, you can overcoach too. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and it feels like the Brummies at the moment have a very nice blend of continuity and systems, but they've still got guys like Lolaseo and Ikitao and Simone who can play what's in front of them. Um, so, yeah, the, a long way to go to the Tars. And I genuinely mean this. This team would not win the shoot shield. Yeah, they would. These players um, would. But this team, if you look at Eastwood or Sydney Uni, they've got systems. This Not only do they have systems, though, but they've, they've, they've actually got a little bit of passion about who they're playing for. This does come off as a team that was thrown together in January. No one really knowing where they stood, who's going to make the run on the squad, or, or even is anyone talking about what are their plans 
for playing for the Wallabies? What parts of their game do you need to develop to be a better player? It's not all just about the Tars. It's about the individual too. Mm. Like if Maddox is sitting there going, dude, I was a Wallaby two years ago. Is anyone asking me or telling me what do I need to do to improve? Am I getting coached correctly? Like, fuck, can you imagine being that cat in that squad? It's a long year. Some punter oh. coming on podcasts saying Jock's better at Queensland than you. It'd be infuriating. I'd like to know, just because I know you want to move on to the Brumbies and rightly so, because they did play well, but just about Jack Dempsey. He's put on a lot of muscle recently and he's, and he's trying to turn himself into this, this eight. I feel like he's actually hindered his progression potentially because of it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I think he was um, almost your Stephen Hoyle's back rubber. He had good feet and good hands. Yeah. Um, but is there a place for that in modern rugby? Maybe not. And so maybe he's had it coached out of him. Like mm. he's been told to put on 10. And so well, that def- shit like that definitely comes from, from a higher person. Put on 10 kilos. Da, 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 da. Like if you've made the Wallabies on a certain weight and a certain style of play, which he was, and then you randomly put 10 Ks on, you don't do that without someone saying it. So Tars have got a long, hard season in front of them. They do need patience. Word on the grapevine, though, is a uh, Karevi Rodder return just before the next World Cup. Thoughts? The Tars? Yeah. Wow. So not this year, before the World Cup. Uh, before the World Cup. Who gives a fuck then, man? <laughs> Who's playing for him next week? Yeah, exactly. No one good, Jim. No one good. No. If there were, if there were moments of them coming back into this year for whatever reason, like that to the detriment of the squad, man. If, if everyone's just holding out for their return, what a, what a poor job that would be show up to on Monday. Yeah, and their return. They're, they're both Queenslanders. Um all right, well, should we jump out of the Brummies really quickly? They, they did their job. They played their systems, and I think that's important. I think rugby, unlike many other sports, sometimes New Zealand don't do this, but many other countries do. You can just lose your structures. You can lose your discipline, um, and you cannot put a team away, um, and you can leave them in the game. The Brummies didn't do that. They played their structures. They dominated the scrum. They dominated the line out, and they dominated the game. They just yeah. played brilliant, I thought. Yeah, and they played a full 82, I thought, mm. um, defensively. But just things like just chipping behind the centre, easy pick up, easy try. Like, I think that speaks to Richard's comment on how much do they want it. Just like the tries were a bit too easy at points. I have to say one of them, I know I know it's it's much easier as a six when, you're going, when your team's going forward. I want to add that caveat in. Uh, but I think it was one of Valentini's better performances for a while as well as a... Um, what did you what did you boys and Samus as well? What did and again I know it's easier when you're going forward, but what did you yeah, boys I think? Yeah, I think both of them had a point to prove because I think in the Wallaby setup, I don't know why, but Swinton and Dempsey's stock seems to be a little bit higher than mm. Valentini and Samos. Um, and I don't think they love that. Um, and I think they were the better two. Mm. Uh, I agree. I think uh, Jim called it a week or two ago. I think it's Valentini's season. Um, he he can play himself into a Wallaby six here. We need that. We need a hard man. Um, and it's probably him v Swinton, maybe. And I think he's he's got the points at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a battle of the bit of the Reds v the Brumbies, which I think is occurring next week. Because just the 23, the 23 from both teams is quite strong. Because yeah, when you see Cusack, who's coming off the bench, leading the team huddle after we score a try in the 70th minute, like that's a dude that you want to come on. Yeah, it says a lot about culture, doesn't it? I'll tell you who I love, and I'm just not going to say his name because I don't know the correct pronunciation, but the 22, um, I know there's heaps of mail on him from, from when he was schoolboys. Pasatoa. Yeah, Pasatoa, that's how you say it. I just want to balls it up. That's um, Hey, mate, he's five, ten minutes that he's getting at the end of every game. God, I can't wait to see more of him. Um, and I love that you can just see this succession plan emerging. You've got Simone coming into his absolute peak. Ikatao looking like the next awesome Wallaby centre. Yeah, Ikatao looking like he's been playing 13 for the Brumbies for four years. Mm. Exactly. And then you've got Pasatoa coming through who looks like he will just slot into that 12 jersey um, at some stage. No dramas. Um, it's it's just it's impressive, their systems and their setup. Um, I guess we're going to throw it to the hometown boy, Hanson, getting a hat-trick. Yeah, good on him. 
pretty sick. Yeah. But to be fair, I probably could have scored those. You'd have, would you? Um, would you have? Mm. Um, <laughs> no, good on him. Right place, kept his width. Um, mm. But the 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 tails were just, and then the Brumbies were just stretching him wide and, and, and smashing him up. Um, I guess the, the only other comment on this one, I, I noticed a lot of Tars fans on Twitter getting real fed up with the rolling mall. Get over it. Tough shit. Yeah, tough it's, shit. It's a part of the game. And that was all yeah. across all four too. Like the rolling mall featured quite heavily this weekend. Yeah, and I think that's why they did the goal line dropout rule. And it was to make it a little bit more risk reward. So if you get held up, um, you know, you don't get a five minute scrum. And I think that that was the idea to just disincentivize it a little bit. We haven't seen the pay for that decision at all. No, and you know what? They talk about defending them all, but it's it's not worth it because so many times I saw people and across four games that I was watching them, and I was like, oh, they've come through the right channels. I see nothing wrong with that. And then just playing advantage for all this. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's yeah, a lot of that. I think um, and automatically I just switch off. And I'm like. Yeah, I, as Brumby's fan, I love the rolling mall. But I, I do feel it's one area of the game where one team is refed. Yeah, it's defensive team is watched with a magnifying glass, and the offensive team, all those rules about having to pass the ball back, having to join behind the last man, all of those rules are, are very much neglected as as the refs focus on the defensive side. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely in moments where someone's not attached properly or something, and they get away with it. I would agree with that. I yeah. think the best defense for a rolling wall is to challenge real hard at the line out. Yeah, I agree. Is it so, or is it or not to compete at all? Stay on the floor and don't engage in it. Person. I think you were right two or three years ago, Richard. But I think these days they're just so dominant that you've mm. got to take your 40 percent shot in the line out. Just make it not a clean clean reception. Um, and then, because the defending them all doesn't seem to be working. No. Although the Brumbies seem to be able to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. If you watch a good line-out team, a team that's a good line-out thrower also is a good line-out defender, you think of the best international teams, they could all negate a good a good mall as well. Absolutely. Um, quickly, Six Nations. England going down to Wales. Yeah, I haven't. I've I've seen it. I've read an article about it. Um, I haven't seen any literally highlights at all. Yeah, I don't think it was that. Yeah, the scoreline suggests that, but reading the article, it wasn't. It was nip and tuck, a bit of a thriller actually. Uh, There's a few issues with some controversial tries. I have no idea. I haven't seen them, but I know there was. I saw Um, one, and the ref. It was just the uh, penalty, and then he was like, "All right, time on." And England was still like having drinks, and he just let. Just let Wales score. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. Um, so I don't think 40-24 was a true reflection. Um, however, Eddie Jones has points. to... It is. Um, Eddie Jones has to take a step back and look at it and go, hang on a minute, whatever. Even if you take that two points away, so the two tries away, obviously it's still you're still losing. So um, yeah. yeah, and England losing to Scotland. Now they've lost to Wales. You're done, mate. Oh yeah, no, but it's maybe it's going to open up a bigger conversation about where this team is moving forward because, you know, Wales were on a record record run of losses not that long ago, you know, and as I said, ship that many points is is not good enough, even if it is in the Principality Stadium, you know. Um, So what happens? Do you put it down to too many excuses about lack of continuity, players not playing? Do you change your your setup? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting time, but. And my two areas or, or two thoughts would be Eddie Jones, similar to Checker, maybe so intense I've, throughout his career, quickly has amazing success at a team. Mm. And over a long enough period of time, there seems to almost be Eddie fatigue, mm. um, where it maybe he's not quite the tactician um, and he's more the man motivator. And, and it starts to wear a bit thin. I don't know. I'm just I'm just hypothesizing. Whenever he seems to show up, he changes the world. Yeah, he gets fast results. And then it and then it begins to deteriorate. So I think there's something there. And then the other thing I think um, which players, I think, sorry, just to interrupt you. Just the other thing is players. He seems to pick the same players as the well, that's what time. I was about to say. Uh, when I look at this 15, I actually think, well, of course that's the 15. Um, because every single one of them is a superstar. I know every single name in that team. But is it? I only know the names in that team because no one else has got a jersey for four years. And that's the clamber from a lot of 
player. A lot of people I'm saying that X, Y, Z, and I think I said this on last week's podcast. So a lot of people are clamoring for different players to give it a go to to be to play and to freshen it up. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be happening right now for whatever reason. Yeah, know? I feel and like I think, this was England's best team three years ago. Yeah, and particularly when Saracens, mm. and particularly when Saracens haven't played for so long, obviously after being relegated, um, it would have been a perfect opportunity to actually pick players who are in form and playing. But that hasn't materialised, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, kudos to Wales, well done to them. You know, it'll be interesting to see how France get on after this COVID scare's blown out. I think ten of them now. Yeah, I know. I think it'd be hard for them to come back into the competition. If I'm honest, oh, it'll be a really tough pill to swallow if they. Mm. They might just delay it, and then, but then it lacks a little bit of, you know, integrity or authenticity. If we, you know, like last time, you don't play it for a few months, but I don't see it changing. When there's so many that are in that in that camp, I think it's only ever going to grow. Interesting times. All right, real quick uh, preview next week: Um, Tars versus Force. This is the Tars best shot. Maybe the best shot, but we're going to go for the Force, surely. A week off. What, sorry? Who's the coach of the force? Jim, we don't come here for factual, decent information. No, Charles, yeah. like that. Uh, like, as you know. can tell by my analysis of the fullback role in the Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think the, the force having a week off and getting their Argentinian players hopefully playing, all of them playing, I reckon they'll be too strong for the Waratahs, both individually and collectively. Yes, so do I. So do I. There's a, there's, they mightn't be 21, the force, but there is a lot of experience and talent in that team. They mightn't have the continuity or the flair, but I just can't see this Tars team dusting himself off in a week. No. Especially because this is the Friday game too. Mm. Only six who, who do you think wants this more? Yeah, but that's the a, force. Yeah, force hasn't force. won a game for 400 years. The force. Yeah. I just and think they, the force will want to play this too. And you the wish this one was in Western Australia, don't you? Yeah, you do, yeah. Let the crowd say Not it. keen on the time slot, but... No, it was 7.45. I wish it was 7.30. Am I out of line? Am I just getting old? Getting I, missed old the, I missed half of the Canes game, which impacted my analysis, because it started at 5. I sat down at 5.30 and there were 25 minutes in. Yeah, madness. Mm. Madness. Uh, Brumbies are going to be the Rebels, by the way. Yeah, I think so. I think the Rebels are most similar to the Brumbies, so that could that's, that's a huge that's that's a huge rap in style. I don't think anyone else in Australian rugby plays like them. Um, I don't really know what the Force do yet, but the Tars play like the the Hurricanes. So do the Reds. I think the Rebels and the Brumbies are similar in that they get the basics right. Um, so I actually think the Rebels could. Derail the Brumbies a little bit early in this game. If they get off to a lead, don't let the Brumbies dominate it. Scrum and line out. I think the Brumbies could get a little bit frustrated and confused, but I don't think the Rebels have got 80. No, I would echo that thought. I think the, the bench changes this one, but I, I, I don't think this is a 20, 30 point blowout. Mm. I, um, I can see it happening. But... Jim, what Brumbies? Look, it's hard to say, and I'll post my tips up on Thursday. But um, oh, yeah. thanks, thanks just, again. Just for... ostensibly going for Brumbies. Yeah, you haven't but, tipped one yet, Rich, on Twitter. Well, yeah, it seems to be an issue because my tips seem to be slightly different on the podcast as they are on Twitter. I've no idea why. But... Well, I always text everyone, and you can vouch for this, just Thursday morning going, hey, now the teams have announced any tips again. So what you say oh. to me really counts for nothing. All right, okay. I'll, I'll keep an eye. I'll keep an eye. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you looking after um, And across the Dutch, uh, Chiefs Highlanders. Don't know what the Chiefs have to offer here, so it's a tough one. But I was pretty impressed with the Highlanders. But fuck, what's the Chiefs squad, man? Someone tell me. I I've done it all, and it's Damien McKenzie and Gatlin. That's got to have something about it. No, it's not even Gatlin, is it? No, yeah. coach. Yeah, no. It did. Okay. I'm is it? So I don't embarrass myself. No, no, you're probably right. I just said that. Um, I'm I, didn't know, sure. I didn't hear he got fired. He signed like a 15-year contract with a couple of years after the Lions. Yeah, exactly, which is this year. Correct. There you go. That was my point. But I don't know whether he... <laughs> um, I don't know either. Uh, yeah, what How was good. I reckon Chiefs at home. Chiefs at home. 
Yeah, I'll go Chiefs at home. Crusaders, Canes. I'm on the uh, Crusaders. That halves for the Canes. It's going to cost them. Yeah, yeah Crusaders, yeah. All right. Any other news around the ditch? Um, no. no, not really. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing the podcast. Sorry I was late, boys. That's no, fine. It's been noted. <laughs> it's been noted. That's good. All right. Take it easy. Enjoy your Sundays. Thanks, people. Right. Do right. so I click end? Click end the record. Oh, that was close. Fuck that.